Good morning, friends, and just wanted to share that um, a positive word. And I know this sounds a little off the cuff, but uh, I think I did a previous podcast and told you that we had a pet that passed away this weekend, and uh, just the circumstances around it was just really heart wrenching. So it's been a tough time for my family. But I wanted to still send words of encouragement because everyone in their life is going through some type of challenge or breakthrough or break open moment, as I call it. And break open moments feel like they break you, but they break you to the other side of where you need to go. And I know in this recent tragedy of our family that there's so many hidden gems that are going to come out and that are coming. And I hold dear to that. There's been so much outreach and positivity that I can't let that go unnoticed. And even in my times of grief and sadness, there are so many things that I am truly grateful for. Here I am in a pandemic and I still have the ability to work from home safe and my family, uh, my extended as far as I know and my immediate family, we've all been safe and we've all been healthy. I've been able to uh, enjoy my family. I've been able to uh, spend time with people um, that I didn't ordinarily have a lot of time for when uh, I was working traditionally in the office. I've done things during this pandemic that I didn't think I could do. So I lean into the things that are going right. And what I'm not trying to say is when things are going not so great that you gloss over them and you act as though those things are happening because it's real and it hurts and it takes a lot of time and push through. And I reached out to uh, some very good people of mine and I've just been carried through their words and encouragement. And I would like to do that for somebody here. Because each of us wake up every day and we don't know that we're going to have an accident or something life-changing that can occur. And I remember many years ago, I had given birth prematurely to our son and I was still about just 26 weeks pregnant. And back at that time, there wasn't the medicines that we have in place today to save a preemie that young. And I remember... I had woke up with so much promise in the day. And the biggest thing I thought I was going to do that day was go to uh, Magic Johnson Theater. And little did I know within 24 hours, I would be in my uh, delivery room delivering a baby and also making funeral arrangements. You talk about hard and to make things even extra complicated. My ex-husband at the time was displaced from work. So here we are in a uh, city back home living with our in-laws, his mom and dad, and we have our two small young children. And the baby boy that we had prayed and hoped for and dreamed about was not going to come home with us. And the devastation and the magnitude of that was so great that I didn't think I can get out of bed. And I remember during that time that Uh, It was around October, and anyone that knows me is that I'm a huge, huge Halloween fan, and I never thought I can enjoy Halloween again, and I remember that I wanted my oldest daughter, Brianna, to uh, find some solace that even though we lost someone so great and so significant that she still had love and support with her. And I remember I was at my mother's home and we and uh, a couple other people from the family got the kids dressed up and they went to trick or treat. 
And at the time, uh, the other holidays rolled in and I just wasn't present. I was physically there, but I was mentally gone. And I was slipping into a very deep depression. And I remember my mom suggested that I join this group for grieving parents. And I remember that I thought there was no value in talking to other people that had lost their babies, that it was just going to reignite the pain. And the first couple of meetings, I didn't talk much. And when I went to the initial meeting, when I got there, the meeting had been changed. And I just threw up my hands and it was at a hospital in Cleveland. And I threw up my hands and I said, see, this isn't working. And I stumped away and I was so upset because here I was, it took me so much courage to go to meet with these people and to share something so intimate. And two things I learned that I recounted at that time. Sometimes, believe it or not, it's so much easier to talk to people we don't know than it is to talk to people we know. And when we're doing something new, it often is met with resistance, whether we do it intentionally or not. And it feels very uncomfortable and unsettling. And I'm so glad that I had my mom who pushed me to complete this program. And every mom and dad that were in the program, uh, they expressed their deepest empathies and sympathies. And I remember I had uh, began working at a small clinic in um, the inner city, and it was at a medical practice. And it was there when I got my healing. And I remember that during that time, my mom was adamant that I take care of my body because I still had given birth to a baby and I just couldn't be at home. Uh, At the time, my ex-husband was in depression as well, and um, he had chronic uh, depression, which at that time I wasn't aware of. And just with this situation compounded, it was just too much for us to just handle alone. And in the months to come, I began to get healing in my routine. And the new routine that I developed was, you know, going to this place, and diving into some of the nuances of dealing with people who had economic challenges and also healthcare challenges. And it was a distraction and it was a good distraction. So don't get me wrong. I continued with my therapy uh, group and talked about my, th- my grief. And there were moments where I didn't want to participate in the holidays or wanted to get around family. And I remember when Uh, There was some well-meaning relatives, I believe, on my ex-husband's side of the family. Um, They, you know, were basically like, hey, you can have another baby, you know, get over it. There's people who lost kids. And I remember just the pain of that and the insensitivity. And what you find a lot of times in grief is that people are so, they feel like if they talk about um, your grief and your pain. It's like it's going to transfer onto them. And trauma is uncomfortable for people because we don't know what to say. You know, we live in a world where we condition our children to believe that if you do everything right, all these things are perfectly going to happen. And there's no travesty that's going to happen. There's no travesty. Everything is going to be great. And the reality is There are people who got up just like I was last Friday and they had trauma. My beloved grandcat passed away. 
there are people who have lost family members, had devastating diagnosis, and all sorts of bad things happen on Friday. But that was just my bad Friday. And I look at the life that I had with my grandcat and so much time I was able to spend with her and how grateful I am to be able to have an unconditional love like that. And I won't let her memory be diminished and I will continue to be an advocate for animals. And it changed me to really look to see what's important. And when I look back on that day, Everything was so at a fever pitch in some instances, because I think on my previous podcast, I mentioned that um, the day started out so well, and then there was like this ominous feeling as the day progressed on. And I don't know what energetically changed for me. And I don't know if that was my spidey sense, as I call it, letting me know that there was something yet to come. And like all of us, we're human. And I replay that day so much and it's just been it's still so fresh so I go over it often and I keep remembering like you know did I really check did I look did I get up did I do everything I said I did and maybe if I didn't go on the date maybe if I just stayed at home maybe if I didn't take the phone call maybe if I kept her inside this never would have happened I mean that's what we do when we have something tragic happen we think about everything we should have done to prevent it And the one thing I'm learning, and I hope you learn too, is to love on self and give yourself grace. That in these things, there are sometimes things we just can't explain. And even in the best of circumstances, you can have something happen that you have no control over. I had no control over going into premature labor. I had no control over that situation. And I thought at that moment in time that my life was over as I knew it. And you know what? It really was because that re- gave me a rebirth and I never looked at life the same. And that's what trauma and tragedy does. It gives you that moment of time to reexamine what happened prior and to look at the life going forward post incident to see what's really important. Because I remember the day I got wheeled out of the um, hospital after our son passed, I remember it was the sunniest day. And I remember I was in this um, stairwell and the stairwell, and I may be saying it wrong, there was a walkway. Yeah, it's a walkway in this hospital facility and it was clear. And anybody that used to know me when I was younger knows I'm not a fan of heights, not by any stretch. And um, I remember being wheeled in the wheelchair and I remember people were just laughing and smiling and I felt like I was just broken glass and that I just had to make arrangements for my deceased little baby boy that would never come home and everybody else is carrying on with their lives like nothing happened. And nobody would know the little boy that I had prayed for, that I had wanted to be a part of my life, to see a side of my then ex-husband that he, I thought, would bring him so much joy and satisfaction. And this baby boy never made it home. And I just remember feeling like, don't these people know? I just lost something. 
I was so angry and so bitter that those people got to wake up and be happy. Those people got the opportunity to have their loved ones with them. And it took me many, many, many prayers later. And I, I can't give you a time frame. Uh, but at least it took me a good year or so to really start recalibrating. It was, and the holidays were the worst. So I went through my favorite holiday, just hollowed out. And Thanksgiving came and went. And Christmas was a blur. And I remember my then mother-in-law really stepped in for me. And it's funny because, you know, at the time I used to feel like we were adversaries because my um, ex-husband is her baby boy and her baby boy could do no wrong. And I will say she held space for me. And I remember they were in the process of trying to give us cabins and get us time away because they knew the pain that we were in. And I remember she took the extra time and monies for my two younger girls at the time to do things for them for Christmas. And I even remember we have this crazy um, Easter bunny picture that the girls took. And I'm telling you, it's the most sinister Easter bunny picture you'll ever see. Like, I really can go to that mall and just beat these people that they got this particular Easter bunny mask. It's like the head or whatever, but the eyes even scared me as an adult. I know I digress, but I remember getting the picture back of these girls, my girls sitting on the Easter bunny's lap. And that was something I just didn't have the strength to do. And just like with all things, the pain doesn't intensify the way it did. It begins to do a soft lull. It's not that you don't feel it, but it it transitions. And I was able to get up and reclaim my joy again. And I was able to find purpose in my life. And I was able to be engaged. And about that time, it was in the summer, I was able to then make the leap and relocate back to uh, the Columbus area uh, to... Uh, go and start, you know, a new job and, and that sort of thing. And I was so grateful for the reset. And when I got back to Columbus, I felt good. And it had to be sometime in the spring, you know. And the ironic thing was, so I get there, I move into this place, and I have my two little girls and my then ex-husband, and we're moving into this apartment that we had looked at years prior and uh, it was like our dream come true. And I remember I decided I wanted to go to law school and I remember doing paperwork and I remember the guy getting back to me and said, you know, we need this information, we need that information. And I remember I was devastated because there was some paperwork that I needed and I couldn't figure out what it was, or there was a balance or something. Cause I had went to a school. Yeah. I forgot about this. I had went to like a court reporting school. They did some illegal things with school funding. You can't make this stuff up guys. And it interfered with me getting any type of financial aid or scholarships or anything like that. And until I had that cleared up, I wasn't able to attend this school. I was devastated. So here it was, 
I had finally got to the point where I was ready to reset and begin to go down this path of finding purpose and work. And I got my ideal place to live. And me and my kids are, you know, seemingly thriving in our own way. And wouldn't you know it, it wasn't even too, I don't even think it was weeks or days later, I found that I was expecting with my youngest daughter, who's now 17. And talk about a rainbow. And I originally had on my paperwork when I was pregnant with my son, DJ, that I wasn't going to have any more kids and I was going to get my tubes tied. And and it was just the fluke thing because I didn't plan originally to have any more children. And me and my ex-husband had tried to get pregnant shortly after the loss. And it just wasn't successful for some time. And I'm grateful because I wouldn't been I wouldn't have been mentally ready. And I'll tell you what, when I carried my youngest daughter, I still wasn't mentally ready because the fear of not bringing her home. And lo and behold, I get so sick that I have to be hospitalized most of the pregnancy. And it was hard for me to get excited about the pregnancy and the looking forward to bringing her home because of the loss. And I just kept replaying that. And here's another nugget too. When we go through something bad, we oftentimes do this thing, whether we know it or not, to protect ourselves. Some people, if it's a car accident, they don't feel comfortable driving. If it's something where, you know, it was a fire or just whatever the tr- the trauma was, we try to do what we can to protect ourselves from the trauma. So I didn't want to buy a lot of clothes. I didn't want to make a lot of announcements and I wanted to keep everything together. And I started really getting sick uh, early on in the pregnancy and I was going into premature labor so soon. And I had to go on complete bed rest and uh, that was a whole nother story in itself. But I said, oh my God, I am back at this again. Like, Lord, why would you put me through this again? Like I lost my son. What more do you want from me? I can't go down this path again. I don't want to get bonded to this baby and I can't bring it home. Like, why would you do this cruel, sick joke? And then on top of it, the husband wasn't even really excited about me or the baby because he had one foot out of the door. So it was so surreal to go through that process. And I'll say this, that husband had his foot out the door a long time ago. I just probably didn't see it. And I know now that, you know, he had his own challenges and our baby girl was born and he loves her immensely. I give him that. So, um, I, just couldn't believe um, how much I went through to come to the other side. And you do get to the other side. And I had to remind myself of this story today. And I'm sharing this with you because there's going to be many times where we have to reshift and recalibrate because of some trauma incident that happens to us. But I want you to know that That trauma is to break you open to your next dimension, your next level of being here on this planet. 
it is not to break you. It is to break you open. And like I said, those people were so kind to me when I dropped off my grandcat that I would be remiss if I did not give my time or give them a thank you or give them lunch. It was one of the most toughest things I had to do. And just like um, I remember watching Mr. Rogers, he would say, you know, you look for the angels that come. And I've seen so many angels over this weekend with this situation. And I need them. And I'm calling out to them now. In the weeks and the months to come, I need all the angels and positive vibes to carry me through. And I send those right back to anybody that's hurting and has went through something so profound. So I hope this wasn't too long, but again, I wanted to just share encouragement and come from a place of gratitude and love and know that when you go through these things that you are not alone and that there are so many people in this world that can identify your pain. And I just want you to understand that I am there with you. All right, friends. Namaste.